Hello and welcome to the Phoenix Film Podcast. Uh, we don't really have a name for it, so I'm just describing it. If anyone wants to suggest some names, I'll take that. So I'm here. I'm Ricky, by the way. I'm the Cinema Program Assistant at Phoenix. And I'm here today. We're going to talk about the November program and films coming up this month with uh, Jake, who is the Cinema Programmer. So he's the Fido Corleone to my Michael, or if you prefer, the Boss Nass to my Jar Jar Binks. Um, hello. Both incredibly flattering descriptions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Boss Nass is always heralded as a gorgeous figure of an alien. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's one of my favourite uh, Star Wars prequel memes. I mean, That's I could have. Uh, yeah. You know, I guess I could have. I could have been fair. I could have said. You know, Chancellor Palpatine to my Anakin Skywalker. There is we that go. better? That, that feels that suits my temperament a bit. It's more, more flattering for you. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. Not for me. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think for you that that reflects well. Because <laughs> there's the younglings incident, obviously. Oh. And mm. uh, do we pause for the younglings for, for a second? <laughs> <laughs> do we pour one Just out a for the younglings? I uh, think. That's long enough. That'll do. So. We've got a lot of films coming up in November. It's a packed program. Yeah. We just want to pick out some highlights and recommend some things for people this month. We've got a couple of things coming up uh, the coming week. Uh, two great films, Sorry We Missed You and Monos. Um, I know you saw Monos at... Monos? 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 I think it's like Monos. It's Monos. like almost like a... Okay, like so an see, Yeah, it seems to be people pronouncing okay. it, yeah. I know you saw that at LFF. But we'll just start with, like, Sorry We Missed You, and, and then we can move yeah, on yeah. to Monosh. So Ken Loach's new film, I, Daniel Blake, obviously was, like, maybe the biggest film of his career. It certainly yeah. touched a nerve. And it, really, it really felt like a moment, I, Daniel Blake, I think it was released. It kind of, I think it coincided with everything that was going on hmm. in the country and a feeling. And I think Sorry We Missed You might not hit as big, but I think it's still going to resonate. With yeah. a lot of people in the same way. Absolutely, yeah. It's kind of covering kind of similar ground, you know, touching on, like, really a nerve of, like, modern uh, Britain. And Ken Loach's films have always, like, represented the working class, like, yeah. on screen, which, you know, is kind of possibly underrepresented. I yeah, it's a, it's a big thing at the moment for, I know, like, the British Film Institute are trying to look at that representation on screen mm. it's something we kind of like think about as an organization here so it is and it's something that it really is underrepresented i mean there's the question at the moment obviously that comes up about you know not just kind of the themes of films but who are in them what actors are in them you know mm-hmm. and ken loach has always worked with kind of you know a wide range of kind of like you know professional and non-professional actors and things like that so uh, and this is no different yeah sorry I missed you it's kind of um as far as i'm aware i don't think any of the people who are in our our actors. Um, yeah. I think yeah. All, all their first sort of their first first sort of work is in this. Um, and it lends it an authenticity that I think that if you have kind of a load of I don't know people like Benedict or <laughs> Eddie Redmayne, whatever, trying to <laughs> trying to pretend to slum it or something, it doesn't really work. But this kind of feels real, yeah, that's and it true. and it hits a lot harder, I think, um, because mm-hmm. of that. And yeah, and I thought, I mean, it's. The film itself is it's just it's just a deeply moving and um film about somebody people trapped in this cycle of 
yeah of poverty but also kind of um you know how as as a worker when you're not you know you know not having any rights and being kind of entirely mm-hmm. alone there isn't somebody to to look after you there isn't a safety net it's kind of you have to stay well you have to stay healthy you have to attend yeah. every single day of work it means you can't look after family members and it's an awful cycle um that this family find themselves trapped in and don't know what to do but it's but it's filmed with sensitivity and you know it gives you a really kind of interesting kind of look at the not just we say poverty but about like kind of social care in the uk and the kind of austerity britain um mm-hmm. yeah so it's not a laughathon as we didn't expect <laughs> to have with ken loach but it's um yeah i think it's an important film to be made and to be seen by people mm-hmm. yeah you've kind of hit the nail on the head there about like the actors he works with and like they just seem to fit the role and you you just believe in them totally mm. and i think like the anonymity of them maybe adds an extra layer to that mm. i you know i enjoy like um there's a bit of comedy in his films always i think yeah and yeah, like, yeah i think there's like life to them like it's you know he's tackling like tough social issues but like that doesn't like define the the characters and it doesn't totally define the films yeah like you know in i daniel blake i just i just love that charlie adam banter about <laughs> like the best football in the premier league and there's yeah there's a little bit more of that in this as well well there's an exchange between a Man united fan and a newcastle fan mm. and i'm a newcastle united fan and yeah. i've had this exchange word for word <laughs> with my my in-laws who are all who are man united fans about certain football results and uh, and that sort of thing, and it is, and I'm exactly right. I think it's kind of, it feels, uh, it feels real, and it feels true to these to these people. But it also just says it's like, you know, no life is unrelenting misery. There is comedy. There's there's humour. There's empathy exactly. um, in everybody's lives, and 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 I think he, yeah, he brings out the screen really well. You're a smart kid, just like Liza. You used to be in all the top sets. What is going on? Just give yourself some choices, mate. Seb, mm-hmm. we've talked about this. You could go to uni. Go to uni? What, and Billy Corcoran's brother, 57 grand in debt, and what, working in the course centre now, getting smashed every weekend just to forget his problems? Of course. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be like that, does it? There's some good jobs out there. Good jobs? What good jobs? Well, there is, if you just knuckle down, give yourself some options. Yeah, otherwise, you're just going to end up like... Well, well I don't you. Know. So that's Sorry We Missed You. That's Ken Loach's new film, and that's at Phoenix from the 8th of November. And we're also doing a couple of pay-what-you-can screenings uh, where people can come along and basically do exactly that. Um, so there's more information on the website for those. So Monosh is another one that is out on the 8th of November with us. It's got quite a lot of press. Mark Kermo made it his film of the week. Mm. It's won different awards, but you know, it's a bit of an unknown for people, perhaps. Um, so, yeah, why would you recommend checking out this film? I guess. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's. Um, I think it's really interesting the the kind of buzz that it's got around it now. Um, it is kind of. I mean, I loved it. I saw it. Um, as you say, I saw it at LFF and just kind of came out in a bit of a daze. It has to start at the end. It has a startling final shot um, that oh. has stayed with me for weeks and weeks. Um, which I think everybody who sees it comes out haunted by. Um, but it's a yeah, it's a story of these these. Um, it's a kind of a mix of, I guess, kind of Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. 
a little bit of battle royale, maybe, okay, I guess, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Um, and it's basically just this kind of uh, group of teenage commandos um, who are in this unspecified Latin American country, and they they all kind of, you know, have machine guns and they they train religiously while they look after this um, hostage. Hmm. Um, and it's just as things just go wrong really as you'd expect if you give a load of teenagers machine guns and alcohol uh, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. things are going to go wrong and they yeah. do in in you know and it's really kind of it's about how these kind of bonds between them you know the bonds they thought were kind of as everybody does in a rush of teenage kind of endorphins you think these bonds can last for life it's how those are broken okay. between them and the effects of that um but also about the, you know the, the kind of you know the classic kind of loss of innocence with the, the there's a war raging that they're supposed to be training for, but they're not mm. really involved in. Don't really know what's going on, but mm. yeah, and it it just looks incredible. It's beautifully shot. Um, it shifts from this kind of like uh, mountainside to deep in the jungle, um, and you just feel the kind of sweat and the heat of the jungle and these people in there. Um, and the score's fantastic as well. It's, um, yeah. it's Mika. Is it Mika or Mika Levy? I'm not sure. Um, I do remember. Yeah, Mark Kermode. Yeah, I was forget- the score. Like yeah. he said, he was listening to it like basically for weeks before and weeks since he's seen the film. Yeah, I mean I've been listening to it after because it's just it's incredible. There's this really sort of deep sort of throbbing noises, uh, <laughs> foreboding kind of noises, along with this kind of like mixing these kind of jungle sort of nature sounds along with it. Um, mm-hmm. I know Mika did like uh, she did the score for Under the Skin, uh-huh. um, which still haunts me there's like violin chords in that that i still think about now so yeah <laughs> wow. and the score sounds in the in the cinema like speakers and the score just like vibrates through you yeah mm. it's fantastic yeah really it's a it's a brilliant film yeah mm. okay fantastic uh so that's monosh lord of the flies is kind of something everyone does at school so very yeah. familiar kind of story so i think if you've read that like this is definitely worth coming along and, and checking out um, we're all about world cinema and, you know, seeing all kinds of films from countries all over the world. So mm-hmm. Monosh is on from the 8th of November. Yeah, so we got a couple of our, uh, special things coming up. Uh, one of them is our 10th birthday. Yeah. 10 years since uh, Phoenix moved to Phoenix Square and moved into a new building. Uh, as it was then, so we've got a special weekend of films and a birthday party. It's the weekend of, well, from the Friday evening, from the 15th of November to the 17th, and then the birthday party's on the 19th. So we've got a special lineup of films from the last 10 years that staff and the public and uh, ourselves chose. Yeah. Um, any particular highlights in there you want to mention? I mean, I insisted on a showing Holy Motors, so <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm obviously going to bring that up. Um, I think because... If you haven't seen it, then try and see Holy Motors on the cinema screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Leos Carracks. It's incredible. Um, it has... It's um, Dennis Levant plays this kind of multi-character um, um, who shifts throughout the, throughout our recognisable world, but it's in kind of a very kind of surreal sort of way. He plays, you know, assassin to singer to this grotesque to a video game artist to I mean it's it's honestly it's astonishing piece of work um mm. and I watched it and I remember watching it here and it was one of the most uncomfortable uh, viewing experiences because there were uh, two uh, older ladies near me who I could physically feel them squirming during the extended <laughs> virtual okay. reality uh wow. sex scene that you just sort of watch you know <laughs> mouth open just oh what am I actually seeing yeah 
and that's what you know okay. we, that's what you want sometimes from cinema you generally want to be sort of watching mm. wondering how this ended up on screen but just loving it um, yeah. for that and that yeah so Holy Motors is a definite recommend okay. for me I think so yeah. double, double bill with High Life maybe <laughs> of course yeah. yeah if you want to have an awkward cinema <laughs> experience then you've yeah. got to watch High Life but squeeze next to somebody is uh, perfect mm. yeah yeah I think I was <laughs> So we've got uh, Holy Motors, that's on Sunday the 17th of November. We've got a load of other very recognisable, popular titles, La La Land, Whiplash, uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and For the Wilder People, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. So there's loads of great films there. Like, we've got the artists coming back as artists well. coming back, yeah. In Untouchable or Intouchable, if you want to yeah. say it. The yeah. French films coming back. Yeah, I, be, I the mean, wonderful, the wonderful, uh, yeah. like Ludovic and Yardy score. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And so I'm, I mean, I'm really glad with the choices that people have made. I mean, like we, mm-hmm. we, me and you had a couple that we wanted to put in, and mm-hmm. obviously there's like our staff here have chosen some great ones, and the public as well. They've all combined, and yeah, it just feels like a really great selection of films. Obviously, we're doing like two pound tickets. The exactly, idea is just yeah. to like get a load of people in, just enjoying cinema on the big screen again, and seeing mm-hmm. some great films and. Some of them here felt like a moment, like Whiplash, remember, really felt like a moment here yeah. where the whole staff are really enthusiastic about it. And we've got Get Out as well showing on the Friday night. And that, mm-hmm. again, felt like it's just one of those films that get an event film for like a smaller release, but everyone had to see it. You know, everyone was talking about it, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to share it with people, wanted other people to see it so they could talk about it. Um, yeah, yeah, so looking forward to getting loads of people in. Yeah, so you could do a double bill of Whiplash and Get Out for £4. Um, yeah. so that's pretty good. That is ridiculous. That's yeah. like yeah. a early birthday present <laughs> or Christmas present. <laughs> so that's um, you know the lineup of films we've got for Phoenix's tenth birthday. So that's fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth that long weekend, and then we have our birthday party on Tuesday the nineteenth as well. So come along to that as well. That's seven o'clock kind of kickoff time, isn't it? Uh, yes. Seven, ha- seven, half seven. <laughs> seven, um, half. I think doors open at seven, and then seven thirty yeah. for things will be, will be starting. But yeah, people are welcome yeah. to come along and. Yeah, so there's going to be yeah. short films and a DJ set, and you know some drinks and. Yeah, and VR going on cake. as well, and birthday cake. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there'll be loads on the day. Some short films. As um, did I already say that? Anyway, it's worth it's worth. <laughs> There's two lots of short films, so yeah. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just it's just been nice that it's just a nice chance to kind of celebrate mm. with people. Like we've been here for ten years, and you know the only way we get to ten years is by people coming here um, week in week out and enjoying the things we do, and you know coming attending to the program and the events we put on. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just looking forward to kind of marking 10 years, which is a great anniversary to reach. So, yeah, yeah looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, please do come along, enjoy the films as well. Just uh, maybe throw up some other quick highlights. We've got French Film Festival UK. We've got some big films towards the end of the month. The Aeronauts, Le Mans 66. Yeah. And Knives Out. Anything you'd like to just pick out for people there? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm kind of... It's that time of year where we kind of get the, it's the we call it the awards corridor, is, which is obviously runs from sort of September, late September, October through to sort of March, and everything that's after an Oscar is going to come through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got some bigger films. I mean, I saw Le Mans 66 at um, the LFF, and I had a ridiculously good time with it. Yeah. To be honest, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so I definitely recommend that. And uh, yeah, I think it's kind of um, the Aeronauts as well is really kind of 
big screen old fashioned entertainment you know thrill ride kind of thing again to see and then Knives Out which is just ridiculously enjoyable adult you know a whodunit uh, Agatha yeah. Christie type sort of tribute yeah, uh, you don't get enough kind of whodunits actually no uh, at the cinema it seems like TV has kind of like taken that and it's just yeah. TV but hmm. when there's an actual feature film uh, it can work really well and this is like it's really nice to see Daniel Craig he plays like the main detective mm-hmm. like actually having fun I know the Bond must it must be fun to be James Bond but there's a lot sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah. but it seems quite dour but in this he's just like <laughs> clearly he's having fun and enjoying mm. acting you know with a with an amazing ensemble which has got like Jamie Lee Curtis Chris yeah. Evans is in it uh, mm. Christopher Plummer yeah it's it's proper like really uh, good old fashioned entertainment I think so mm. yeah there's loads loads this month to look forward to yeah fantastic and um, just you know just to round off that would you like to, to pick one of those films maybe as like a film of the month uh, just a recommendation for people yeah, I think it's got to be Manus, I think, for the film of the month. I think it's kind of, like I say, I'm still shaken by the final shot of it, and I think that there's a lot in there that people will kind of be pondering for days and days after. So, you know, I often say that, like, you know, escapism uh, doesn't just have to be entertainment stuff. You can There's yeah. escapism that's challenging as well, and this is, like, a challenging, like, gripping film. But, yeah, I think it's uh, people were talking about it for a long time. 29-year-old Mark Duggan was shot by police in Tottenham. His death sparked riots which spread across the country. Mark's not that guy that has shootouts. And he was just trying to find a way out, just like everybody is. And he just never made it. She said to me today, and it broke my heart, she said, Mummy, I'm tired. I said, go to sleep upstairs in your room. Said, no, I want to go sleep with my daddy in heaven. Everyone in life has their set date when they're going to die. Mark's death and the whole anger that it created in me, I got drawn back in. They're trying to say that my smoke is shit at the right. You see what I'm saying? We never planned to riot, but through frustration, it's just turned that way. It's lost it. The jury found that he had no gun in his hand, and yet he was gunned down. They're telling us it's lawful killing. You put two bullets in him, so an unarmed man. Justify that action taken a life that should have been taken. It's our brother. I'm joined by Ulrika Kubara, who is a documentary film uh, producer and director and professor of film at De Montfort University. Hi, Ulrika. Hi, thanks very much for talking to me. Um, it's our pleasure. Um, we're here today, we're going to be talking about documentary film, which obviously is your uh, expertise. And we're talking about The Hard Stop, which is a 2015 documentary um, about the killing of Mark Duggan and the Tottenham riots that kind of uh, followed that. Um, And talking about the social implications of documentary as well. Um, So, Ulrika, this film uh, is on at Leicester Phoenix on the 11th of November next uh, next week as we talk now. why did you feel like you wanted to show this film and uh, talk about the subjects, basically, um, that, that arise from, from the film? All right. Well, uh, I, uh, I'm i the director of the Doc Hub at DMU, and this is a fairly new initiative. I launched the Doc Hub last year in November, so exactly a year ago, at the Phoenix Cinema with a screening and discussion event there. And... Um, 
as a documentary filmmaker, I've always been keen to set up a sort of center, which uh, is uh, an initiative to connect with contemporary documentary and especially documentary with a, that aims to have a social impact. So uh, even when I began uh, setting up the Doc Hub last year, I was already thinking ahead about additional screenings, uh, planning those for 2019. And I had seen the hard stop in 2017, so that's uh, about three years ago. And I know George Amponza, who's the director of the film. I had seen it in a... Uh, private screening and I was well deeply impressed by the film and I thought okay if I get the chance to set up an event a public event and uh, have the opportunity to bring different people together to discuss what the film is about that is something that I would really want to do that I was aiming for so uh, the opportunity came this uh, this November to do it. Um, I think it's it's a very important film. It's uh, dealing with the police shooting and the death of Mark Duggan in 2011 in London that then uh, triggered a lot of civil unrest, not just in London, but in other cities across the UK as well. And um, I... I was particularly impressed with the film because it has uh, extraordinary access. Uh, we follow, the director follows two of Mark Duggan's close friends. So there is uh, Curtis Henville and Marcus Knox Hook. And they're childhood friends of Mark Duggan's. And uh, rather than dissecting the shooting as such and then the subsequent uh, inquiry or inquest that plays out in the background and uh, what we get to see is a rather intimate documentary following uh, Curtis and Marcus as they deal with the aftermath of the shooting and I think that is a story that a lot of people can relate to and um and I found it, I, w I was really touched by the film. I, it made a deep impression on me, uh, seeing what, how, especially what, how these uh, two cast members, Curtis and Marcus, uh, what they subsequently did and how they turned their life around uh, as part of dealing with uh, their friend's death. Okay, it sounds uh, tremendous. Um, a lot of really interesting subjects are really relevant uh, things still in today's society. Mm. Um, documentary film feels like, you know, there's a kind of boom period, um, a lot more recognition um, um, in the industry for documentary filmmakers. Um and, you know, platforms like Netflix, uh, podcasting with, like, audio documentaries have never been more popular. Um, but something like this, like The Hard Stop, it's not just a film. It's not just um, something that you can watch and um, be engrossed in or uh, give you ideas. Um, we want, obviously 
to talk about these issues and maybe affect change. So could you just talk a little bit about that? Because there's going to be a number of guests uh, on the evening as well, and there's going to be a Q&A after the film. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. We've got um, the director, George Amponza, is going to be there at the screening, and so is the producer, Dion Walker. And I'm particularly excited about having uh, the two cast members, uh, Marcus and Curtis, there as well. And uh, to add to it, because it's what we want to do on that evening is not so much talk about the making of the film or documentary filmmaking, but we want to address and discuss the issues that the film raises. So... uh, Joining us on the panel is also Lisa Palmer, Mm -hmm. and she's the deputy director of the Stephen Lawrence Research Centre, which opened at DMU earlier this year. And we also have uh, Jim Hollyoaks, who is the program leader for the BA policing courses at DMU and a former uh, chief superintendent with the Leicestershire Police. So we have a very diverse panel, two sides of the spectrum. And uh, what's also important or relevant right now, if you think that the uh, shooting took place in 2011, so it's not too far off being almost 10 years ago. It's It's going to be the 10th anniversary of that. So we really want to look at or discuss the Uh, political importance of the film uh, especially 10 years later Mm -hmm. and also uh, both Curtis and Marcus are very invested in uh, outreach work so as you said earlier it's not about going to see the film and being entertained Uh, of course it's a very engrossing story Mm. but I'm hoping that the audience isn't just leaving the cinema and say oh I had a good two hours but uh, that we will encourage them to engage in the discussion and um, so it's uh, interesting to look at both Marcus and Curtis and what they do they've been to LA earlier this year and uh, they're both um, invested in sharpening the knowledge uh, about the interrelationship between communities and the police. So I think this is where documentary can have a real impact Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if a strategy is devised as part of the film that then uh, does outreach work or community screenings or screenings such as this one at the Phoenix. A lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hard stop's going to be on on the 11th of November, which is uh, Monday, and it's on at 7 p.m. So I hope you can join us for that. It's going to be a continuing relationship with yourself and Doc Hub for fans of documentaries. There's so many documentaries coming out. It's hard to screen them all in a two-screen cinema, unfortunately. So. It's great to have platforms like this to kind of showcase basically the best of documentaries, not just the technique and the work that goes into it, but the kind of force for change and debate that documentaries can be as well. So thanks for chatting today, and uh, we'll pick this up again in the future. Well, thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks for having me.